It's time for Talking Pictures Trivia. A quick friendly reminder, blowing on a Nintendo game actually damages the game. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of geographically challenged friends explore movies through trivia as an excuse to keep their friendships alive. I'm one of these friends and today's host, Nick, and with me is... Tom. And KJ. All right. Great to have you back as always. Additionally, joining us as a guest for this episode is... Patrick. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Patrick and Tom were in shows together in college, but since then, Patrick has joined us for Broken Blossoms, Bride of Frankenstein, Michael Hahn, The Third Man, and last week's episode, The Gold Rush. Patrick conveniently continues to like movies. For those joining us for the first time, we start off each episode with a movie quiz, as these pivotal questions will determine who earns today's trivia crown. The first round of questions will be worth one point each, and the second round of questions will be worth two points. Then, once the fierce competition is over, we follow it up with our famous movie rant, Where Anything Goes. KJ, tell us about today's movie. Today, we are going back to a pre-9-11-2001 to continue our summer blockbuster movie block. Enron files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, Apple releases iTunes software for OS 9, and Russia deorbits the Mir space station. During all this, Rob Cohen releases The Fast and the Furious. Rob Cohen is also known for Dragonheart, Triple X, and the third Brandon Fraser mummy movie. The Fast and the Furious was released in the middle of the summer blockbuster season alongside Shrek, David Duchovny's Evolution, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, Eddie Murphy's second Dr. Doolittle movie, Stanley Kubrick started and Steven Spielberg finished Artificial Intelligence, AI, Scary Movie 2, Reese Witherspoon's Legally Blonde, and Jurassic Park 3. What a summer. Nick will be quizzing us today. Nick, what is The Fast and the Furious all about? Well, this movie is about undercover police officer Brian O'Connor, played by Paul Walker, who goes undercover within the underground street racing scene because this is the most efficient way to solve who is hijacking trucks full of DVD players. Spoiler alert, it turns out to be Dominic Toretto's, a.k.a. Vin Diesel's crew, after all. But more importantly, this is a movie about family. KJ, if you only had one word to describe The Fast and the Furious, what would it be? Family. Tom? Parapetaic. Patrick? Vroom! <laughs> and my word would be entertaining. It's time for question one. What was the police code that came over the scanner allowing the initial street race to commence. Locked in. Locked in? Yeah, lock in too. I will accept the number code or what it stands for. KJ. Homicide? Tom. I had homicide also. I don't remember the number. Patrick. I also had homicide. I, I did not know the number. <laughs> You didn't know a code 187 in Glendale? Ah, neither was a seven. <laughs> yes, I want to jump right into the lifestyle. The reason I brought this specific one up to start this conversation is I thought it was so funny how they have this whole thing orchestrated and then they're like celebrating that somebody got brutally murdered. So that was the trigger of, oh yeah, we can race now. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of the fantasy of that age group, right? And I guess we were had, well, I guess Nick, you saw it in the theater at the time, but had I seen it in the theater, this would have been, this would have been sort of 
the like the 18 year old fantasy right which is like uh, you have these like cool racing cars and you're like hanging out with a bunch of street toughs and there's just bunches of women in skimpy clothing ready for you right there and you can make thousands of dollars driving your car with your sweet sound system you know i i think the idea of the lifestyle not so much is its brutality but it, it, it's sort of a, like a it's almost like a decadent fantasy a lot of it right there's just easy access to money they have all the money they need to spend on these cars and there's just easy access to sex and good times you know it's, it seems to be like a continuous party except he also owns a restaurant for some reason so that's <laughs> you know that's just kind of it's a cover and and a garage and a garage yeah apparently they do have a job or jobs or something but you know mostly this is just kind of an escapist fantasy the world they paint yeah they, do they go back to the restaurant after the tuna sandwich i don't think so never <laughs> garage, yes the... unless the garage is behind the restaurant which i don't remember <laughs> I think yeah. that's why the tune is not very it's, good i have a but even if it's a front, why true. do they make the sister work there my feeling is actually the garage was probably behind the restaurant because he's in that office I also, if it's a front, like, so they're like looking for this guy, right? They're looking for Dominic, Toretto. <laughs> they never go to the restaurant, Toretto's. With his name on it. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they can't pin it on him. They just have a hunch. But their looking, hunch ends up being like, correct. They're looking to arrest him, right? Don't they try to arrest no, him? No, they have the to movie? prove who is doing it. They don't know for sure he's doing it. Well, there is there is that there is that there is that scene where like after the speed racing where yeah Walker picks him up on the street because for some reason Toretto abandoned his car in a parking garage and then like started out for a walk and then but the cop recognized him from behind at night while driving by and to immediately the beat cop knew immediately who he was <laughs> to arrest him. That, that scene always turn. jumped out at me too because he's like Toretto on the loudspeaker. <laughs> And they never yeah. go to Toretto's. They never go to the... Yeah. It confused me as to why also he was so angry at his friends for not helping him because I was like, yeah, but they probably didn't think you were just going to drop your car off at a random parking garage and go for a walk. Like, why would they assume you would do that? <laughs> well, I'm sure we're going to get into this later, but that's all about the family. You know, you got to take, take care of your own. So I'll hold off on that line for possibly a future question. Mm -hmm. Well, the, I, I'll just say the only thing, the other thing I thought of is, Tom, while you say this is a fantasy, you, I now in New York City, I don't know if you're familiar with, with the racing scene that is currently going on in New York City. <laughs> is it all bikes, um, though? Is it all like motorbikes? Oh, no, it's not, because I live on one of the streets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you drive, Pat? What, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> See, I drive a Ford Escape. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, it is funny, because like there is, there, there are a couple guys here who clearly have their cars that they're like out like you know as i say vroom vroom and mm -hmm. on the street outside here but like most of the street racing is actually going on a few blocks actually it's like further down maybe like a half mile from where we live at the home depot um there was like a huge thing where like they've set up they'll set up inside the home depot parking lot mm -hmm. And they were having street races through the Home Depot parking lot. So while, and I've seen like photo, it's it's funny because like I'd seen photos of the like street races that are going on over in like different parts of the city, including near here. And it was funny seeing the movie because I'm like, oh my gosh, it really does. Like that is not that far off the mark, <laughs> that far off the mark as to like what's actually 
they look like what it looks like it's just like a lot of guys with all these cars parked all along and they're all just like popping hoods <laughs> like they're all just kind of looking through it and they like do a street race through the parking lot i'm like oh it really is not that far off i'll give the movie credit for that they did some research somebody knew what that scene was looked like so what i will say at this stage of high school i was not involved one because i didn't have a good enough car <laughs> uh, to be involved with this but um we would go not i lived in new jersey we would go not into the city of new york but up across the border into what we call upstate we call anything north upstate new york even though i know that's not correct there was a no, town. It's correct. It's correct. <laughs> so, so there was a, a. I don't want to get into specific, but there was a town there that everyone did that. What I will say is there were less uh, scandalous, uh, you know, women there. It was more men. <laughs> and what I will say too, they did a lot more in uh, commercial districts at night. So at least they were. While it was still extremely risky <laughs> and dangerous at least it wasn't going through um, areas that were heavily populated for the most part. But again, that was my only connection. I went up there a few times with some friends, but like it was really just to watch what, what, what insanity was going on up there. I was part of the Philadelphia area retro game video club. And we used to set up all of our old systems, kind of like those cars. We didn't open them up or anything, but it was, it was some, you know, well, sometimes you have to open up to put the cartridge yeah, in. Yeah, put the game know? in, right? Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Nice pins, man. It's time for question two. Why did Officer Brian O'Connor allow Dominic Toretto to leave the accident at the end of the film? I'm looking for a very specific in-movie reason. Locked in? Locked in. In there somewhere, KJ. Oh, I know. I so I watched this movie and then I watched the next six, and then I tried to go back and watch <laughs> this movie again, but I didn't get to the end. You didn't have enough time. No, I, I, I watched it the once all the way through, and then I I just I ran out of time to get through the second time. And there's there's you know if you guys thought the plot of this one was kind of choppy, they, they, get, they, they don't smooth out by the end. Uh, Wait till they turn into heists, right? Oh, that's the yeah, number four. They become uh, Ocean Eleven clones with cars. Um, does, he, well, does he promise The Rock and Jason Statham that he would? Is that how it is? Yeah. Is The Rock in these? Yeah. Later. Yeah. Way yeah. later. Oh, they they reinvigorate the franchise. Not only is The Rock Dwayne Johnson in some, but then Jason Statham's in him too. And they have so a spin-off got... of The Rock. They have a yes. Fast and Furious Hobson Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, that's the Hobbs and Shaw yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast right. and Furious presents. Locked in. KJ, you know what this means. It's because Paul Walker was like, oh no, that's a good reason to beat that dude up. And he didn't, he didn't, he was, it's the same thing in the 1954 movie. By the end, you're you're on Vin Diesel's side. It's, you're, he let him go because he still owed him a car. I don't know. Tom. I said he he still owed him a 10-second car. Patrick. That was my answer as well. He still owed him a 10-second car. So, KJ, you might have pulled this somewhere. That was a joke because in one of the later movies, Paul Walker's like, no, you owe me a 10-second car. And that's all I was thinking about. <laughs> well, context clues worked in your favor here. <laughs> he does say, I owe you a 10-second car. So everybody's going to get the points on that one. Hey. KJ, wow. Whew. Yeah, that's 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 the shot from half court. That's the that's yeah. the half court cut. If he just yeah, like, that's cut the his buzzer, rambling, half, yeah. if he cut his mm. rambling like five seconds earlier, wouldn't have happened. Not even wouldn't have yep. happened. 
So we are all tied uh, after round one, but this is where I was talking about how I wanted to see what our thoughts were about family. So I know I made a joke or maybe it wasn't a joke in the plot summary, but really they push that theme. They don't push a lot of themes aside from cars running through the streets and crazy graphics and all that to illustrate it. But the theme of family is present throughout this film, not just with Toretto's group, but even in some of the people he come across, they all have their unique groups together that act as families. So I did want to explore this a little bit with you guys, this theme. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a very tribal movie. There's all these tribes that come out. Um, they're kind of, they're somewhat racialized too. Like there's the, there's an Asian gang, there's kind of a, a Latin gang, and there's Toretto's people who are kind of vaguely white, I guess. They're um, the hodgepodge, actually, I would they're say. They're more hodgepodge, they have, yeah. They have a little bit of influence for everyone. Yeah, they have Michelle Rodriguez is in there too. But yeah, it, it's very, it it kind of has that kind of um, a sort of uh, Jets and what Jets and the Sharks kind of feel, yeah. What? Montague's and the Capulets. Montague's and the Capulets, sure. <laughs> it has a little bit of that feel, especially with the uh, God, what is what is he called? Um, the the Asian family that they're fighting with. The trans and the Johnny winds. Tran. Johnny, Johnny Tran, Johnny Tran, yeah. and his cousin, the winds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With them too, there is that that kind of thing going on. So it seems to be very much this kind of like like tribal association which makes sense when you're doing crime right is that you have to kind of establish this tribe and that's why paul walker's character is rejected so hard by like vince and, and the rest of them in part and main, the main thing is that you know he brian wants to like romance the girl that vince is interested in you know that's probably the biggest thing but also it's kind of like vince even though he's an idiot kind of has a good point when he's like you don't know who this guy is he could be a cop and it turns out Actually, that's literally true. He is a cop. Um, he sniffed him out too. By yeah, the way, like, even though he's, yeah, he's the he's like the least like likable character. Um, but there is this kind of necessary kind of you know kind of local xenophobia if you're going to be part of one of these like criminal units or or what have you. Um, and the movie seems to uh, seems to deal with that. But know, the I, I key say point, Tom, is they are not, they're not gangs, they're teams. Yes. If you recall that. <laughs> yeah. Because, no, I mean, I, I actually, I think, Tom, you're, I think tribal is a very good word for it because mm -hmm. there is, there is sort of a like, yeah, you, you, you circle the wagons, like your, your group is your group and you stick to your group and you're loyal to your group, you know, and this kind of thing. And that, that, that's very much a, I agree that that's that's in there, and and I you know I, that and that I think is the reason why it's like well, we're not gangs, we're teams. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this is our team, and you know we're we're a single unit. So there certainly is there is a strong element of that throughout the film. Yeah, and I would say gangs would work kind of in the same way. I think they don't use the the term gang because that implies that all of these groups are criminal, and we don't have the evidence for that. Because right? like Hector's group is they seem perfectly legit as far as I could tell. Um, and Johnny, I mean, Johnny's definitely a criminal because he shoots people and, and, you know, and all that type of thing. Um, but I, I mean, the idea of like a gang or a tribe or whatnot, they still have the same kind of, um, the same kind of facilitating. It's a lo it's loyalty. It's a loyalty. Yeah, it, it's... You're, you're loyal within your group and you're, you're, 
failure to live up to that has has consequences i guess yeah you failure to live up to it and you have to prove it in certain ways and like there's different ways to do that one could be like you belong with this group because you're of the same ethnicity or something like that another thing could be we're going to do this like crime together and so you you know your hands are wet in blood also and so we kind of have to be loyal to each other in that way um another thing could be in the case of of dom it seems like all these people grew up together right they're just like f literally from the same block i think in the case well they of, say though that that only only the one guy only only vince is is the same guy the other two they said just showed up one well day. vince and michelle rodriguez's character they both yes, well, they yeah, three the of them sister. Yes, grew up. and the other yeah, two but the, the other ones later yeah just Came showed along. up and never yeah. left. That's exactly what they said. Yeah. So he almost like yeah. recruits these miscellaneous ones that didn't fit in other groups became mm -hmm. his group. Yeah, and he could kind of- Well, to your, to your family thing, it's he adopts them. He takes them in. Like Very true. Become part of, yeah, he adopts them. Yeah. Because he even says he owns you now, you know, which I guess isn't really family quite so much. But, you know, <laughs> he's, you know like there- Yeah, that there was is... a little harsh, I think, of explaining it too when she says that. It's like, you're his now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but he does have that charisma, right? That's that I think is the best part of this movie is Vin Diesel's charisma. Yes, is, Vin uh, Diesel is my favorite part of this film. That yeah. was the part that I that unequivocally I did thoroughly enjoy. I think he's just like he's fun to watch. He's he is that character. Mm -hmm. um, like when I enjoyed I was, that character. When, when I was watching it with my wife too, we were laughing about the words of wisdom and advice that are sprinkled in throughout this film. There's a lot of nuggets in there. It's like, when did he become this wise sage of the streets? <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah, I mean, it makes sense though, right? Because somebody who can like dispel wisdom is, that's kind of part of your charisma. It's something, it's sort of not the same as intelligence. Intelligence, yeah. you know, is almost like computational. Wisdom is sort of a, a, a judge of character while knowing sort of how to prescribe or use that judge of character, right? And how to offer, how to offer the best side of someone to that person and that kind of helps build you know build a community around you because you could go up to somebody and go like i'm willing to take you in and i can see the best in you and i can kind of encourage you in the right way and so it all it all kind of makes sense why why um dom is at the center of this group well these other groups tend to be much more seemingly ethnic based or something like that i was gonna say he also has the street cred because he performs he is the alpha yeah, of that and, area. He's also earned it, certainly. Yeah. So the other groups are more anarchic as well. Like they have less of a sort of center point, at least it feels like. The characters within them tend to operate a bit more um, independently. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Johnny's group seemed to be centered around him, right? I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I take that back. And it's it's sort of hard to tell with Hector. It just seems like Hector, it seems like Hector's just like a guy with a garage, you know, but. Yeah, it's also odd because like when you think of something being anarchic, it doesn't mean there's a lack of rules or structure. It just means there's a lack of rulers. And so it seems like what's nice about this kind of racing world is that it is anarchic, but it's also really structured. And there's really a, like a clear hierarchy that comes out of these these things that people do and 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 you know that these achievements that people are able to get. And these people like know fairly sophisticated engineering stuff. And they like when they first race, when Paul Walker's character and, and Vin Diesel's character race, Vin Diesel's like, I know why your car didn't go all the way. I know what I have to do to fix it now that you screwed it up. And so despite all this kind of anarchy that's that's structuring that that 
these communities are kind of fostering, there's also a lot of structure and a lot of intelligence built into it. Can can we can we have one can we have one discussion about though when when he gives the keys to uh, Dominic um, at the at the end of the film he gives them the keys and he says I owe you a ten second car. See this was my question is he left all his other keys on there. How is he going to get into his apartment that night? This is the fugitive all over again. <laughs> no, he was he was uh, renting somehow for some reason he was renting a room at the at the part store no, he was, that yeah, he, he was he was at. living in the store that he worked at but still like one assumes he has an actual home somewhere like even if he, he must have like a police locker somewhere like, those are his cover have, like, keys you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, i'm like doesn't he need the rest of those keys like <laughs> i feel like he might want to keep them those are some standard issue keys okay i owe you a 10 second car give me one minute i can never get these rings <laughs> off just hang on hang hang <laughs> out. just all right here you go i got it i'm just picturing the after scene when he goes back to the chief and toretto got away give me your badge your gun and your keys <laughs> i can't do that sir see this was that was my other question is is when they when they have the race and he bets his car why didn't the police just give him the two grants that he could not bet the like fifty thousand okay you car just opened up of, a, <laughs> you just you just opened up a movie rant topic right there i just want you to know okay, that okay okay then we can leave it we because that is that. definitely something why would you wager more than you have to but at the end of round one we have an interesting situation where there's a three-way tie. I can't recall the last time yeah. this has happened. So yeah, I can't remember the last three-way. Yeah, yeah, this second yeah. round should be quite interesting. My favorite word on these episodes. We'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome to Giant American Flags. Do you need a giant American flag? We got them. 40 square foot flags are for shrimps. 50 square feet? Maybe for grandma. Here, our small, for toddlers only, is the 500 square foot American flag, which looks great flying from a baby stroller while you're walking your newborn patriot around the neighborhood. We also have the 1,000 square foot flags for your child to attach to his or her bike and ride proud and free all the way to school. For your pickup truck, we have the 5,000 square foot flag to let other motorists know, move over, this lane is for Americans. Our colossal, the 10,000 square foot American flag, flies over your property and lets passing commercial planes know just what you believe in. Our Superba flag is 100,000 square feet, flying from sea to shining sea so that the International Space Station staff can look down and feel the warmth of American patriotism. Come down to Route 56 and pick up the Superba 
at Giant American Flags, where patriotism is big. And we're back. Pat, we're at the critical point of our episode where we ask the guests a key question. If you could watch The Fast and the Furious with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? So I thought if I was to watch this movie with somebody, I want to watch it with somebody who would just be like completely, utterly perplexed by it. So I thought it'd be funny to have someone like, like I'm thinking like, like originally I was like George Washington maybe, or like a Thomas Jefferson kind of person. But then I thought, nah, you know what? We're going to do this with Andrew Jackson. Cause at least he'd get in the spirit of it. I think like, I think he would just be utterly, utterly perplexed by everything that was going on in this movie. But I thought it would be funny to have a dude like that, just kind of like watching along with this film and just kind of, because again, he's probably getting about as much of the plot as is necessary because it really doesn't matter. So it's great. He'll have fun with it. And I thought that's a great person to watch. He probably lived the plot. They just had, you know, horse and covered wagons. Other than that. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, he did, he, he probably, Probably was a dual kind of guy, and this is just seems like a dual. So he, I, I think it would still be fun. I was just like, I, 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 you know, I thought that would be a fun person to have to to imagine just seeing this thing, being like, what in the hell is? This? <laughs> I think of <laughs> any of the old timers, on? you pick someone who might get into it, you know. And that, and that was what I thought was like. And that's why originally I thought maybe a George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, but I think they would watch and be like, "This is just makes no sense." Like it would just be, it would be they're too mm-hmm. cerebral. So that's why I thought an Andrew Jackson would be a fun, fun guy to have along for the ride, or like a Daniel Boone or somebody like. <laughs> he was that. definitely more rebellious <laughs> than the founding fathers. Yeah, like in that generation. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, these guys would be fun to bring along. Have have them watch <laughs> it and just enjoy it. I don't always think about this question from my perspective. But when I picked this movie, the person who I thought I would definitely want to watch this with is one of the gentlemen on this podcast. I wanted to watch this with Tom because this is so not a Tom pick. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was I was really sick when I watched this. So there's a lot of me being unconscious. And I was having these like nightmares about being in a, in it trying to operate an aid camp in africa and i would wake up from them and then turn on the movie for like 20 minutes so this this was a very weird film watching experience for me um but yeah yeah i i think i probably responded about as well as a founding father would have <laughs> like they would zoom into the engine and i, and I suppose that was yeah, I mean, I suppose that was my reaction too. Was was and Tom, I also had to watch this in about twenty minute bursts. I I couldn't watch it much <laughs> much longer than twenty minute bursts. Um, mostly because I just went, I can't, I can't hear another engine. I can't hear this anymore. Um, so I would, I would, I would take a break. And now I watched it throughout the day today, so I would watch it about twenty minute bursts. But I, I would agree with that. It was a uh, yeah. It's also like so aggressively two thousand one. Or like there's so much you don't realize 2001 like 1998 to 2003 was an error with fashion and music and like its own look until you watch this movie and go oh that was a thing it's time for question three. Oh, you're gonna love this one it's one of my timestamp questions oh, i no. knew there was gonna be a timestamp question <laughs> okay what, what's a timestamp question you're about to find you're ex- out yeah get hyped <sighs> Okay, just to just to set the tone. 
This was a, I'll help you out a little bit, a one hour and 46 minute runtime film. At what timestamp do we find out Paul Walker's character's true identity as an undercover cop? Locked in. And a lock in as well. Price is right rules. Closest without going over takes the points. Locked in. KJ. So the first time I watched this, I thought, ooh, Nick's going to ask that question. And the second time I watched this, I forgot to pause at this point to mark the the timestamp. Uh, 24 minutes. Okay. Tom? I literally had 25. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Quite a lock, Tom. Mm-hmm. Pat? 2821. Good. 28-21. The two points are going to none other than Pat. I brought this one up because it was a lot later in the film than I realized. There was two timestamps that could have came up in conversation. One is around 35-33, where we see them taking the handcuffs off. Ah, that was my first guess. It was 35 minutes. However, Mm -hmm. the answer that I think is actually correct, that we get verification that he is a cop, not just an informant, is 3604. Because that's when he says, the FBI agent says, something to the effect that that was an $80,000 vehicle officer. So that's when we find out that he's not just an informant, which I actually thought was pretty deep into the film to not really know what uh, Paul Walker's character, uh, Brian O'Connor, was really up to. We knew there was something he was trying to get in with this group, but we don't know his connection to law enforcement at that time. Yeah, now my my original guess, I was going to originally guess 3821, but I, I threw the number on there. But I was like, oh, if it's Price's Rice rule, then I'm going to back off a little bit because I was like, I don't think it's quite 38 mm-hmm. minutes. But I, I agree with you. I was, again, I knew nothing about the plot. So I, I sort of thought it was a bit more cookie cutter. And I just thought it was like a dude who's trying to break into the racing scene who's from this area. You know, I, I thought it was a little more cookie cutter. And so when they actually read that, I went, oh, that actually kind of makes it more interesting now and i was like oh this is actually a little bit you know it's, it's not quite the film i thought it was now i thought it was a little bit more depth to it and it was but you're right it was pretty far in and that's why i was like i was far like that was not early like it was it was pretty late in that movie for that kind of of revelation which did surprise me as well great twist that was it i i'm convinced they found the greatest stunt drivers in the world and wanted to put them in the movie so they found a bunch of unused csi scripts put them together and that's what we got this wonderful mesh of 2001 television scripts all put together which includes paul walker's actually a cop vin diesel wants a family like all these things were just major themes in corny television they made a movie it also allows you to have a double bind right because um, Paul Walker is, he's breaking in with this family and all they want from him is kind of loyalty. And all he wants really is, you know, whatever, to be promoted to detective, but also he wants to like be with Mia, <laughs> you know, apparently he's immediately in love with her after one date. Um, but, you know, so th- there's this kind of like, uh, the only thing, the only thing they really value is is loyalty. And that's the only thing that he 
he isn't giving them right? his presence there. He cannot. He cannot he give it. Yeah. Cannot give it. To yeah, them. his presence there is evidence of his lack of loyalty, right? So it it creates a, that kind of tension. I, I think the the relationship thing with uh, Jordania Brewster, I think that's her name's character, was a little heavy handed. I mean, they go on one date and he's you know. I mean, that's movie. Yeah, yeah. like movie you know what? Like, do you remember the Englishman you know. who went up a hill but came down a ma- and came down a mountain or whatever? The heck? <laughs> what is it? The Englishman who went up a hill and came down a mountain. Yeah, they go up a mountain and they come down getting married. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, but that, but that's it's, it's hard. And again, with, with with this kind of film, it's like it, you can you can get away with short. Mm-hmm. You get away with some shorthand. Mm-hmm. This film might take a little bit too yeah. much shorthand, um, but Hollywood shorthand exists. I mean, even think about our movie last week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the Gold Rush, where it's like the tramp sees this this you know woman in the hall like three <laughs> times, and he's suddenly in love with her, and he's gonna end up with her. You know, like it, it, that. That's I, I agree, it's fast, but you only have an hour and forty minutes. You gotta you gotta cut corners. <laughs> it was also furious. Yes, exactly. It was also furious. <laughs> yes, furious. but th- there is a little bit of like you can do it occasionally. Mm-hmm. You can't cut quite as many yeah, quarters. You could you. To do with romance or with you know something like that um or learning a skill right that's the the learning a skill montage are different ways to cut corners i know jujitsu he would have been great in this as paul walker (laughs) (laughs) Um, wait doesn't he doesn't paul walker spend weeks eating tuna sandwiches couldn't he have fallen in love then he did he was quite smitten with her at yeah so yeah i think that's it was you know yeah whatever i mean yeah the point is that it was like it it added to this kind of double bind right it's it it added to this need to be loyal that he by definition can't be so here's this is again my i i lower my expectations for my quarter my quarter pounder with cheese meal so i had i just sort of assumed this was boy wants to break into you know because as i'm like watching i'm like okay this is a boy wants to break into racing scene and he's gonna like crash a car and have to work it off for Vin Diesel and then there's going to be a race and he's going to win a race and he's going to lose a race and then at the end he's going to race Vin Diesel and it's going to he's going to get the girl like that, that's kind of what I assumed it was and I went oh he's a cop oh okay well that's that adds a wrinkle here like oh so we've got a new wrinkle in this film and the other thing which again I was surprised that they did this and again it gives it gives the film a little more credibility is that again I assumed at this point I'm like okay clearly that they're like we now need to go after the Hondas, you know? And they're like, we need to find this thing. And I'm like, oh, it's clearly Johnny Tran's gang. And then it's going to turn out that like, you know, he's going to help him find that they're clearly the ones stealing on Oh, that's what's going to happen. And they went, oh, it's not what they did again. And I was like, they actually had like some, some reasonably good that I was like, I can't, you know, again, it's, it's partly the fact that throughout the entire time that they have them, they're telling me like, you're not, you're missing the fact that this guy is the guy stealing them. You're missing, like the cops are telling him throughout <laughs> the whole thing. And it's the same thing like Vince is telling them this guy's a cop and the cops are telling him he's the criminal. And you're just kind of assuming that it's just part of the Hollywood shtick. And I'm like, actually they did a decent job of subverting my expectations for the film so i along the lines of the fact that it's pretty late in the film for them to reveal that he's a cop it's pretty late in the film to for them to reveal that that guy was the criminal like it's pretty (laughs) late in the movie for that Mm -hmm. to actually come out and i was i was surprised by that the, the the that level of complexity in the storytelling 
there was not a lot else, but that did surprise me. I was, I was surprised by that cleverness. I, I'm so happy to hear this, Pat, because that's why my word was entertaining. This is not a groundbreaking film, but I do enjoy it. And I was fortunate this time to be able to watch it in one sitting, which is rare these days with scheduling and all. So I was happy to watch it all. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. And, and when I watched it the first time, I wouldn't have had that information that he wasn't a cop at this point. And I had to kind of rethink about where I would have been on my first view. Yeah, I was surprised too that they turned out to be the criminals. That was, that was a- I was shocked. Yeah. Like I was actually shocked. And yeah. I was like, cause even when I was still waiting, even when they were in the, like the, at the road, the, the road race in the desert mm. and he was running up and like, we gotta go now. And he's running, he's like, they're gonna steal the trucks. This is what it is. I'm like, nah, he's totally gonna be wrong. It's mm -hmm. not that they're stealing the trucks. They're doing something else. I'm like. They actually are. <laughs> they actually are. They're well, throwing this guy. The best way like, to steal trucks are. is matching Hondas that have green neon lights underneath it. You blend right in. It's surprised how much money they made off those trucks, too. Six million so far. Yeah, six million saying. dollars. Apparently, a Panasonic with a DVD player built in is the demand item in 2001. That always jumped out of Better me than the, yes. It's time for question four. How does Dominic Toretto live life? A very oh, specific movie-related answer. Locked in. Locked in. Locked in. Make me proud, KJ. A quarter mile at a time. That's a terrible. Hang on. <laughs> what does Vin Diesel sound like? <laughs> kind of a little more like like rough. But he, but he's not like a deep voice. No, he's gonna be. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of deep it's voice. More of like a deep, it's more of like a deep slur, right? What's, what's one of his lines? Quarter mile at a time. Quarter mile at a time. Is he a wrestler? Is he yeah, quarter, quarter mile at a time? Is he WWE? No. Does he have a tagline there? No, no. He's just the guy. rock is. You're, you're confusing him with the rock. Yeah, I'm just, the rock. But there's a standard thing he Cena. says. He has every quote from this movie because this really like launched his career. This is Vin Diesel. Yeah, like this launched his career. Can't do it. Quarter mile at a time. Yeah, the same thing. A quarter mile at a time. Yeah, quarter quarter mile at a time. Pat locked this one in. Uh, we all got the points there, but Pat is going to win this episode with six points. Tom and KJ are very close with four points. The actual quote. I wish I could do an impression, but KJ attempted to do. <laughs> my voice sounds nothing like his <laughs> i live my life a quarter mile at a time nothing else for those 10 seconds or less i'm free and he says that right after telling the story about how he like a beat a guy into um a mental handicap right <laughs> But I mean, that may, maybe sense, that's the whole yeah. point of it. But that's the point of every cop. I mean, again, it's like every cop in the film, other than other than Walker's character, has been telling him that the whole time. Which is that the guy is actually a psycho. <laughs> you just don't see it, and he is a psycho. Yeah, he's just very charismatic. Yeah, the only one who restrains him. Otherwise, it would have been a bad day for uh, Paul Walker's character. Was the sister? The sister seems to be the only one to temper his rage. Because she, when they're in the desert, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but when they're in the desert and he calls in the helicopter to help out Vince, he looks at the sister with a face full of rage, Vin Diesel, uh, Toretto's, you know, the character, and she shakes her head, not pretty much to beat the 
living heck out of <laughs> uh, Paul Walker's character. So he still has that rage in him, but his sister... yeah, Paul Walker probably had a gun. He just would have shot him. So it would have ended up fine. <laughs> Roll credits. <Yeah. laughs> I mean, that, that was the alternate like, ending, that's actually. The, that's the seven ending. Yeah. That's the seven yeah. ending. Yeah. <laughs> that's the... Speaking of endings and this specific quote, did you all make it through the credits to the final scene? I did. Yes. Oh, what's the final scene? I didn't. Okay. He's, he's driving through the desert in his uh, new car. Yes, it is a. Who's he? The Vin Diesel. Yeah. Chevelle SS 1970, because it has the two headlights on each side. Um, nice car. Um, but he says the same quote as he's driving through the desert of Baja, Mexico, which would have been our tiebreaker bonus question. See, now I'm disappointed because I was hoping there was going to be a round, like, what do you call the round robin ones where everybody has to say something? Ooh, it's been a while <laughs> since we've done those. Yeah, around the yeah. table, around robin. Yeah, I was waiting for one of those where we had to name the cars. Oh, the boy. <laughs> that would, oh. They're <laughs> that fun questions, but they're time killers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although that one would have been quick, Pat. I think Tom and I would have been out. That would have yeah. gone very short. I even, <laughs> even, 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 even anticipating it, I couldn't get much further than the uh, the Charger. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, in general, I was more of a muscle car guy than mm. a imports super mop type guy, but uh, it still was fine. Brian had a Mitsubishi Eclipse, and I think um, the like the thing Vin Diesel was driving was a, a Mazda. It's trying like a, a Mazda RX. Someone had a Toyota Supra in there too. Was that the one they were rebuilding? Yeah. There was yeah. Yeah, that was the one. There was there was that was the one with the, it was like broken down. Yes. Right. I remember he's like he Supra. brings in a car. And you're like, I said a 10 second car, not a 10 minute car. And then pop the hood. <laughs> Didn't one of them have a Kia? That I don't <laughs> know. Kia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it was a key. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Kia. It wasn't. Too bad it's a Kia. <laughs> we're, we're... 2001, there, was, uh, there wouldn't be a Kia now. In 2001, there wasn't a Kia. <laughs> we're looking for some yeah, sponsorships. None of these were provided. Uh, yeah. No compensation was provided for these vehicles. Yeah, that was all Especially Kia. <laughs> oh, did Jesse have a Jetta? Did I hear that right? He did uh, have a Jetta. Uh, he had a Somebody Jetta. did, yes, yeah. Volkswagen there, Jetta. There was a yes, Volkswagen there, yeah, yeah. The rich dude had a Ferrari. Yeah. But that was kind of, he was like, that was an interesting scene because that was kind of like, you know, oh, our, our like real car culture isn't Ferraris and Lamborghinis. It's like getting like a, like a car from, you know, Japan and then making it good, not buying it good. Was, also, I'm shocked though as to how frequently Vin Diesel looks very concerned with with Walker's driving. Yeah. Like he looks, he's constantly like grabbing. There's a difference. There's a difference between when you're in the driver's seat and the passenger seat at those speeds. So, yeah. I, I I will agree. My my wife tends to grab the car, like grab the thing when I'm driving. So yes, I will agree. That when is, you're street racing in your um, neighborhood. No, when I'm driving on 95. Like, <laughs> Ford Escape. <laughs> What was it? Ford. In my Ford. <laughs> <laughs> that we have named his his nickname, by the way, because he's a Ford Escape. His his name is Al. Last name Catrez, because he's Alcatraz. <laughs> Escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> We've kind of 
you can you can use that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna get a lot of uh, a lot of likes and subscribes. Fan, yeah, likes, subscribes, <laughs> fan emails, and voicemails on that one. Off of Alcatraz, mm. and when he's parked on the street, my son will walk by him and he'll go, "Hi, Al." <laughs> <laughs> It's time for Movie Rant. Now, actually, I do want to throw out, because this is, as a, as a person who knows nothing about cars, as exemplified by my Ford Escape, can we, can we define, I'm curious, I'm legitimately curious, what is the difference between a muscle car and the cars that were in this film? I can answer this. Yeah. Muscle cars tend to be big, beefy American engines, okay? A muscle car tends to have a lot of engine displacement, whereas, especially in this period of time, the imports tended to have more compact engines that were smaller in the amount of cylinders, but usually had either turbochargers or superchargers. So again, in general, American muscle car was just raw, big, beefy V8 engines with large displacement versus uh, more efficient, but high-tuned, smaller engines. I mean, could you do like nitro with an American car? Like what, what is the benefit of having the kind of the, the import as a racer? Are we refer, oh, oh, well, one, they tended to be, the base car tended to be less expensive. No, oh, okay. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because there is a premium to foreign cars, but a lot of the cars like, that we're talking about the the Mitsubishi Eclipses, the mm. Honda Accords, um, some of the Mazda RX was a little bit more, but still like that. Once you're getting up to like Toyota Supras, those were another price point, okay? But what these were things that were attainable and people could tinker and tweak to add more performance. That's really- Is it harder to do that with a muscle car? Is it just because they're old? No, they just tended to be, uh, pricier and again again they were more pricey i'm i'm, I'm going back in time too because that doesn't hmm. hold true today because a lot of the v8s are going away and a lot of cars that never had turbochargers and all that do have them now for more uh, fuel efficiency mm -hmm. so the trend has moved in that direction so my information in these reference points are dated to this time period muscle cars are actually aside from the dodge charger that your neighbor drives by pat and some other cars are actually a bit of a, a dying breed, whereas a lot of the performance cars are being tuned with more of these um, less cylinders, uh, more turbocharged to get better fuel efficiency while you're getting performed. Also, they're lowering the weight. They're using aluminum and other carbon fiber things to lower the weight of the car so you don't need as big of a beefy, heavy engine to move it. Probably more information than you wanted, but- No, that's, that's exactly- That's where we're at. That's yeah. exactly the question I was asking. Thank you. I'm curious, because did anybody else notice this line, which struck me as a throwout line, from the dude who ran the store, again, I don't remember his name, that Walker's character was working at? Hank or Henry? Something? Yeah, that dude. Um, that He throws out some line where he's like, I need, I need Nas, like I need it. And he's like, only amateurs use Nas. Doesn't he say something <laughs> like he that? He says something like that. The impression I got was it's like, not, you want like a lot of Nas but you don't know how to drive the car right. And I think the thing with, with Paul Walk, with that character, and Nick, you might correct me here, is that like, he doesn't use it at the right time or something like that. Like he's, he, instead of like gliding forward. Well, that's what Johnny gonna, Tran says, but the other guy says too early, son. Yeah, yeah. so in general, um, NOS or nitrous oxide, 
it's actually really brutal on your engine uh, because what you're doing is you're increasing the combustion uh, like capabilities. So you're making the engine work harder, which it probably was not designed to withstand that kind of pressure, you know, in the factory in a factory build, which is why a lot of these are custom. So the reality is, if you didn't have a properly tuned car or something that you're maintaining on a regular basis you would eventually blow your engine a lot quicker by putting it under such strain. However, it would provide a tremendous boost because your engine is now at peak performance. And in the movie, they glamorize it a bit with the timing of the knots and all that. But really what they're saying is this amount of race is gonna take a certain amount of time. You wanna hit it at the right time so that you're in the maximum peak of that NOS when you're getting towards the end of the race. So. Some of that I think is a bit movie, if you will, yeah. <laughs> but there is some side. Keep in mind, the quarter miles they're running would be over in less than 10 seconds based on Vin Diesel. Those scenes go on for a lot longer than 10 seconds. So for them to look at the, like, especially when he's looking at his computer screen, which is having all these graphical input, you know, like, like representations of what's going on in his car, the race is done. And you probably crash because you're looking down at your laptop and not the road. So that a lot of that is movie. I'm not saying that there weren't technical components to it but you know that that really is an extreme they took all of the goodies that kind of existed and made it sound like everyone was using them i was gonna say it's also his shop apparently is vin diesel's character is is so popular that whatever he buys from that shop everybody else will buy also <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah so it's yeah I, I guess i'm kind of spreading that out too can can we go back to my question about because this was a movie rant question, but why does he bet his entire car? Because <laughs> <laughs> when I first watched it, I thought, oh, this totally makes sense. This is this dude, and he's coming in from Arizona, and he really wants to make it here in this world, and and that would make sense as a logical thing for this guy to do in this circumstance. So I'm like, wait. He works for the LAPD. Why didn't he just throw down two grand in cash? <laughs> Pissed, right? They're like, you lost an eighty thousand car, eighty thousand dollar car, officer. Yeah, like why did two thousand? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you the in movie universe answer. Yeah, he was doing it to catch their attention and to really kind of get some street cred, like immediately. However, I think he legitimately thought he could win <laughs> and didn't expect, but you're absolutely right. Every time I see that scene, just two grand versus an $80,000 car. Like, <laughs> like the, the, the evaluation of like how much is in the pot versus how much you have to put. I mean, I, I enjoyed poker in my day too. The pot odds are not there <laughs> to go through with that gamble. <laughs> and what happens to his car? It gets shot up. It gets it shot up. up. Yeah. Johnny Tran blows it up for some reason. Even oh, though no, no, don't no. Remember? No. No, when they're, <laughs> yeah, no, but when they're driving. Cars don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when they're driving, right? And like something shoots up, like something yeah, in his car breaks. Because his chair. I don't understand why and... the floor pan. Yeah, yeah no. I... They said something got a manifold. I don't understand why the floor panel just let go. I mean, maybe you needed to tighten up those bolts <laughs> a little more. It didn't really make sense to me. Why of all the structural integrity, it would be like the floor pit. Yeah. The, the only reason that, 
the thing that popped into my head was that I assumed that this was what the filmmakers are trying to go for was that because Vin Diesel mentions later that his dad when his dad would race that like the chassis would like move and like rock and I assume that would cause like you know if you're if you if the you know if that's moving in a certain way and that's what they were suggesting was happening to his car was that now you know what I, it, I, it could I, also be totally probably theory. right. No, you're <laughs> probably right. But the difference there was a 900 horsepower muscle car engine versus a Mitsubishi Eclipse. I don't care <laughs> how much you mess around. You're not getting enough uh, torque to twist the chassis. <laughs> you know? like, okay, fine. But you're fine. right. That's what they were. That no, was but what that's I Hollywood. thought they were doing. Pat, you're right. That's Hollywood. But in the real world. Real that's, world, that's not true. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got the impression that it was like he isn't that good a racer paul walker's character brian because he has he was, computers to help him and the others aren't yeah like he doesn't yeah something like that but he like he doesn't quite get it like he's a little too aggressive um but he's really good at kind of he's good more at like getting away from cops or driving in that way and they seem to to distinguish that because when you know when he's talking to dom and dom's like you've done this before after they've gotten away from the cops and dom kind of drops at that like, I know you've been in juvie before. I get the impression, like, this guy knows how to drive really fast and skilled, but he doesn't quite get racing yet. Like, he still has to learn some of those skills. Um, and it seems like that last race where he's actually racing uh, uh, Dom. The train? Yeah, the train scene where they, like, kind of tie. And then for some reason, Dom gets into a giant car accident right after. That seems to be more like... And none of them are hurt in the car accidents. Yeah, they're fine. (laughs) They're all fine. Yeah, they they just kind of shrugged that off. Maybe Vince might have broke a dislocated an arm, (laughs) a shoulder. But I got the impression that that's when when Brian kind of comes of age, is that he's able to actually tie Dom or, or compete with Dom, even in Dom's most, you know, whatever, most fierce vehicle most furious vehicle why after they leave johnny trans and they say we have a 20 mile walk do they just show up in a cab (laughs) (laughs) Uh uh-oh he just found it the the movie's ruined now (laughs) i was was just like why are they showing up in a cab i also had the when Brian they could have hailed a cab <laughs> along the way. But, I mean, but still, they're like, we have a 20 mile walk. And they're like, oh, we just showed up a cab now. <laughs> the other one I had, and this is more a legitimate one, is okay, so when Brian breaks into the garage to look at the other gang's cars to see, like, if they have the, the under lights, things like that, like, Vin Diesel and the other guy are there. And I'm like, why are they there? And why do they just be like, yeah, let's go break into Johnny Tran's place immediately afterwards when he's like, I'm just looking at the cars to find out whether or not I can win. Why were they there? So I, 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 this is, I think the point where I fell in love with the movie, right? Cause it doesn't make a lot of sense, but Paul Walker's there. Yeah. We know why he's there. Vince maybe was tailing Paul Walker to prove I his suspicion is right for some reason. And then Vin Diesel's not there. Uh, oh man, Vince and Vin Diesel, huh? So Vince drags Paul Walker back to Vin Diesel. Maybe the restaurant, we don't know. Did? He's dragging him, it fades to black, and then Vin Diesel's there. So I'm assuming 
And then Paul Walker, again, I, Keanu Reeves probably could have done this too, convinces Vin Diesel like, no, no, I'm going to check everybody's cars to make sure that nobody's cheating or whatever. So Vin Diesel's like, okay, yeah, that's By a good way, idea. Which makes more sense that. than assuming no, no, he's no, a cop, even, doesn't make any I'm sense. I'm not even yeah, going like, down that path. Yeah, what I, I think I'm going more of what Tom said. <laughs> my question said. was not, my question was not the, why does he, why does he go along with them for like checking all the other cars? Why does he assume he's a cop? Because he broke into another <laughs> player, like another team's garage for evidence that would not be court admissible. <laughs> like, that's a valid point, and exactly my thought there too. If he's a cop, he's breaking and entering. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this evidence is not court admissible. <laughs> and they, hmm. you know, again, I I will I will throw I will give them a few wild cards yeah. to to cut corners on the story there's a few too many corners cut <laughs> on this story doesn't mean it's not fun but it's not going to make it to my top car movie which is gone in 60 seconds that's my point <laughs> <laughs> eleanor gone in 60 seconds i haven't Great seen i need to see bullet too i'm told bullet is a very good car movie for some reason, I don't have Gone in 60 Seconds as high as you do. Um, Gone in 60 Seconds is not a good movie, but it's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> not good, but great. I'd like to once again congratulate our winner of the week, which is Patrick. Congrats, Pat. You did it. Yay. Oh. 35. This was a legit win, though. I mean, this yeah. was a fierce competition. Is this, is, is, this a, is this the first repeat win? Is this the first repeat win, like twice in a row? Back to back? Back no, back, KJ, back, you did back-to-back-to-back, back back, back, I think. Oh, there was that string. Yeah. There was that string earlier. And usually our guests aren't back-to-back, back, so it's kind of uh, impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that is more rare, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. ah, well, I'll, I'll take some credit. Visiting team. Check out our website, TalkingPicturesTrivia.com, for more information about us and our episodes. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts as well as our YouTube channel. We are extremely grateful for any positive reviews as those help others like you find us. If you like what you hear, remember to like and subscribe to our show. Do you think this movie was more fast or more furious and why? Let's continue the conversation on Twitter at Talking Studios. Have additional thoughts? Email us at TalkingPicturesTrivia at gmail.com or give us a call at 201-467-8679 for a chance to be featured on one of our future From the Listeners episodes. Thanks again for joining us today, Patrick. <laughs> Pat, if you can just say something nice. Pat or just me, gave no. us a thumbs up on our audio podcast. <laughs> no, I won't talk. I didn't know I had to talk. Thank you, guys. I, I really do enjoy being on here. Thank you guys so much. And, and I hope you'll have me again. Thank you, guys. Fingers crossed. <laughs> And you can find me at Thomas Lehman 15 on Twitter. Um, look up Talking Pictures Trivia B-Side for other podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter at KJ1000. I can also be found on Twitter at The Nicknamed. Join us next time when we conclude our summer blockbuster series and we discuss KJ's summer blockbuster recommendation from 2016, Shin Godzilla. Stay tuned for our first impressions of Shin Godzilla. Ding, 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 ding. So I was always fascinated with uh, the Godzilla movies or, or, or maybe more specifically a movie that has infiltrated so much of our culture. Uh, and the first Godzilla movie I saw was that Matthew Broderick one. Any of you guys see the Matthew Broderick Godzilla? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't I think believe I that's did. your first. That was the first one. I, yeah, oh. wow. I, I think I saw it in theaters. I remember seeing it uh, with my buddy Babo. Um, 
And that's what I thought a Godzilla movie was, right? That's a big monster walking around town. And I, I was in the, the library and I saw the Shin Godzilla cover, that bright red. I don't know if you guys actually saw the cover or the poster, but it's no, no, I didn't. Very striking, very well marketed. So I picked it up <laughs> thinking I was going to get, you know, another Matthew Broderick, that's a lot of fish type of a, a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was pleasantly surprised at, at how different it was. And I couldn't stop watching it. And I really enjoyed it. And then I realized I had nobody to talk about it with. So uh, I said, hey, you we guys are. should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I know who I can make watch this. That's good. <laughs> it's interesting. It's a thick movie in the sense that, like, if you're watching translation, which I think we all did, right? We're not, yep. yes. not too versed in Japanese. Mm. Um, you're, you're, there's so much of the movie is communicated in... Um, these, these subtitles, first of all, which you have to read because you don't know, I don't know Japanese, but also like um, every position and every committee is named. Mm. Like, like you're choking on committee names by the end of it. And so the whole movie is like, for, for me, it was like this actually somewhat tiring experience where I'm like trying to read the actual words and the committee. And there are so many committee names that you just feel sort of stuck in a lot of um like a lot of factoids as opposed to plot right and, and so that was the experience if you're, the experience is like oh my god i'm kind of drowning in committees <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. i felt the same like i i waited till i had the house to myself because i knew this was something i was gonna need to focus on mm -hmm. and if anything i just echo this is in no way shape or form a second screen movie like you cannot be doing anything else if you want to follow yeah, yeah i think it's just a good good rule of thumb anyway for any movie but this one specifically when you have subtitles on the top and the bottom that you're trying to read at the same time mm -hmm. it's like phone is to the side so that that was, <laughs> that was my experience mm -hmm. like just all alone in my solitude just trying to focus mm -hmm. So KJ and Tom had already seen it and we have a group text that goes on for talking pictures trivia and they're all like, oh yeah, I can't wait to see this, that, and the other thing. So finally I'm like, okay, I know I'm cutting it close here, but if I watch it at lunch and then I, I can get it, they're like, oh no, you, you got to pace yourself with this one. You got to watch. And I'm like, I didn't know what I was getting into. And then I realized after the first watch, I maybe saw 30 minutes. I thought I had watched an hour and a half. Okay. There's, it's it's funny how it's so fast yet takes so long to do anything. So it's a weird dynamic of a lot of movie in there, but time is elusive. Yeah, so that's that's what I got. And then I was like, I get what they were talking about. It's Couldn't like understand the, it then. Yeah, it's like the Roadrunner running in maple syrup. The legs are moving really fast, but we're not going very far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a long 30 minutes, that first watch. Yeah. <laughs> did, the, did the other movies explain that? No, the other movies get worse, but I think I have. Did you watch the one where they had to outrun a submarine? No, that's what everybody uh, keeps asking me. It must I be number eight. eight. Yeah, yeah, I only got three. Yeah, I, think yeah, yeah. I think that's the one where Dom turns evil. Spoilers. Oh, good again. I spent the entire Memorial <laughs> Day weekend, and now I know Dom turns evil. Well, I it's like the base. I haven't Tom, seen the Tom, movie. Tom, oh, I'm okay. Joking. It's probably in the trailer. <laughs> it's in the trailer. Yeah. Wasn't there one where the girl's evil? Charlize Theon. I think she's. No, 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 no. Oh, Anna Lucia. Yeah, but she loses her memory. I know. It's not her fault. Yeah. <laughs> Who? Anna Lucia. She has amnesia. Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, she. What's her character's name again? In Lost? Oh, in this? In this, it's Letty. 
She loses her memory in one of these. Well, she she dies in one, and they bring her back to life and say she lost her memory. Yeah. And Dom spends the movie trying to impress her with his wit and charm. Yeah, how's that go? Really good. I mean, even I was like, all right, all right, Vin Diesel, sure. <laughs> <laughs>